0: This is the Smart Passive Income Podcast with Pat Flynn, session number 111. Knock on wood. Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working hard now so you can sit back and reap the benefits later. And now, your host. He once fell into a lake trying to grab a fish, Pat Flynn. What's up, SPI listener? Thank you so much for tuning in today. I'm so happy you're here. And I just want to start off with a special announcement, something that I've been waiting a long time to tell you. And that is, um, no, we're not having another baby, but the, uh, the Smart Passive Income iPhone application is now available on iTunes completely free yes an Android is uh, an Android version is being worked on as we speak as well but the iOS version is uh, available for you right now and yes, I did have an app like this before which shared you know the the, the podcast feed and, and stuff from my blog and things like that but this is this this one has been designed completely from the ground up and I just teased it a little bit on Twitter and Facebook the the other day. And uh, people are loving it, absolutely loving it, and uh, I'm glad because I, I love it too. So I want you to check it out. It'll make your life as a smart passive income podcast listener, a smart passive income blog reader, and also a listener of Ask Pat so much easier. So all you have to do to get it is go to smartpassiveincome.com/app. That's a p p smartpassiveincome.com/app. You could even you, you could even pause this right now and go download it and start to listen to the show on the app and see what it's like. And um, you'll be pleasantly surprised, I, I believe. So once again, smartpassiveincome.com slash app. Thank you so much for that. And just to let you all know, that is going to be available for you and your brand if you ever wanna create an app just like that one as well. Um, so keep that in mind when you're going through it and there'll be more information about that later. Now today I wanna talk about the life of of a brand new visitor. And what does that mean? Well, you know, sometimes I like to get deep into the to, to the finer details of, of something very specific with running a business. In session 54, smartpassiveincome.com slash session 54, for example, I talked all about the click, something we all want our audience to do when they're on our sites or following us on social media, you know, to click on our links, our products, our share buttons. And, and what encourages that little thing, that click, that can mean so much for us? What should be leading up to it for maximum click-throughs? What happens psychologically when someone clicks? All that good stuff in that episode. And so I wanted to take a similar approach with today's, where we're going to be talking about the life of a brand new visitor. Everything that a brand new visitor to your site might be thinking, the, the moment, or actually even moments before they discover your brand for the first time. If you can better understand the life of a brand new visitor, you can understand how to better cater to them, how to, how to get them to keep going through your site, and, and beyond that, t- take action, make purchases, or follow your recommendations, and how to get them to keep coming back, too. So I'd like you to think of the following, quote, moments in the life of a brand new visitor as sort of exercises, While I talk about these mindsets and strategies for you, you you could think about your homepage, for example, and brand new visitors landing there for the first time. Or you could even listen to this uh, again and think about a different page on your site, like an inner page or pages on your site, like blog posts or product pages. The key thing to remember here is that not everyone who visits your site lands on the homepage for the first time. In fact, in many cases, most people won't. They'll start on a blog post of yours, perhaps through a Google search or from a link on another site. A lot of us spend a lot of time focusing on the homepage, but every page counts. Every page can possibly be a first impression, and I hope you have your analytics set up, whether you're using Google Analytics or Clicky or something else, because... That's going to give you deep insight into the data behind what your visitors are doing and where they are coming from. Now, speaking of where they are coming from, this brings us to our first moment that I want you to think about. That is the moment right before someone comes to your site. You want to think about this. Where are they actually coming from? And that absolutely matters. For example, let's say you write a guest post on a popular blog and you're getting some good traffic coming over to your site from that guest post that you wrote. Awesome. Now think about this. The type of people who visit your site for the first time from that guest post have a completely different path and mindset than someone, say, who finds you doing a a Google search. Someone who comes from a guest post already knows you and your style a little bit, while someone from Google may not know anything about you. If you're getting a lot of links from other sites and you're getting traffic from those links, you'll have to keep in mind that people want a consistent experience, consistency or flow. that, that That's key. and in, in the case of guest posts, it's aligning your personality and the type of information you share there on that, that other blog or that other um, website with what they are going to see on your site. There's an expectation there, and if that expectation is not met, or if it just doesn't align, or it doesn't, or if it just completely seems like a different person, then you're likely to have people leave. Now, I have a few strategies for you when it comes to guest posting. For example, if you know that you're going to be featured on a very popular blog or a website, it's very wise, and I've done this in the past, and you can too. You can put a welcome message on your own site. If you have a space that is standalone where you could put a welcome message, welcome visitors of Smart Passive Income. I know a lot of people who have been guests on my podcast here have done that when they know their their shows have gone live. They've put those welcome messages on their site and what that does is it creates that quick consistency so they are understanding where people are coming from on that day or that week and they are keeping that conversation going or that keep, they're keeping that experience going. Consistent, And of course, it just will make people sort of tilt their heads a little bit and be like, wow, this guy knows exactly where I came from. That's cool. I'll, I'll dig in deeper. So if you don't have a specific spot or maybe a spot on your sidebar to do that, what you can do is just edit your latest post or come out with a post that you know is very relevant to the same type of audience that is coming over. You could even mention that as well. And this is something that I did really well in the beginning, was when I knew I was going to get featured on, say, a blogging site or a site that was all about blogging, I would make sure that I had a post that was specifically for bloggers that day. If I knew I was going to get featured on another site and I was talking about podcasting, I would make sure that the day that that guest interview went up, I would have a an article on my site, or a podcast about podcasting, just so there's some congruent, you know, just consistency there in what people are looking for and who that type of person is from where they were coming from, that other person's site, to where they are now on my site. Now, another thing I want you to possibly do or look at doing is going into your analytics and looking at your most popular articles that you're being found on through Google. So you can go into your analytics and see you know, the search engine results, what pages, what content pages on your site are being found the most from Google. And you can welcome your visitors from Google there as well. That's always impressed me. When I've done keyword searches for random things and I go to those blog posts that are ranking high in the search engines and they say, welcome, I know you found me from Google. I'm just immediately like, wow, this guy knows what he's talking about and he knows where I came from. So I expect that he's gonna know how to help me out. So, you know one one example from from my from me is actually uh, a couple of years ago I posted a post on the Smart Passive Income blog about my Insanity results. And if you don't know what what Insanity is, it's actually an at home fitness program. And I posted my before picture and my after picture and that whole thing. And that that post actually, which I optimized for uh, SEO for Insanity results, um, is ranking really high. And I. Started to get a lot of visitors coming in from Google, and it's interesting because a lot of those visitors aren't looking for a site about passive income. I just happen to rank really high for those sets of uh, keywords, but I immediately made that conversation a little bit make a little bit more sense when they arrived on my site, or I I, I made it a little bit more consistent because at the very top of that post I added something. I added something that says, "Hey, welcome." Google Visitors or something like that. This is not a site about fitness, but I posted my fitness results and then I just happened to be an affiliate for Beachbody, which is a company that puts, uh, puts on that program. And I did make quite a bit of sales that way by keeping that conversation going and recognizing. The whole point of this is to recognize where people are coming from and where on your site they are going so that you can then understand how to keep them there couple other things to think about is you know what are they looking for? Tell them right away what they're going to get when they get there. Um, because you want to understand what's in, on their minds when they get to your site. Typically when people are coming from Google, they are looking for information about something. Uh, when they are coming from another site, they want to dive into more about what you already talked about on those sites that you guess posted on or were linked on. And so just sort of reiterating what I said earlier, but I can't stress how important that is and the whole you know there's a great quote by Jay abraham that sort of sums this up if you can sort of define the problem better than your target customer if you can the moment people arrive on your site show them that they are in the right spot because you know what's up in their lives and you can help them out and so so to finish this quote i mean actually dane maxwell in episode 46 mentioned this quote as well, but the full quote from Jay Abraham is, if you can define the problem better than your target customer, they will automatically assume you have the solution. Now, speaking of Google and all that stuff that we talked about earlier, before people get to your site, they're looking for a particular keyword and then hit enter, or maybe it auto-populates the results for them in Google. You have to understand that the description of your page that is being shown on the results pages in Google, it is incredibly important. You know, the description is that 150 character thing uh, that is right below the title of the page. It's usually about 150 characters. And it's so important. That's a great way to prime your brand new visitors, a way to get them to get introduced to you a little bit so that they're not completely cold and don't know what to expect when they come onto your site, but that they know that that's where they're going to get the information they want. You know, that's a great way to even if you're not ranking number one for certain keywords to get people to click on your stuff because people do read the descriptions for the search results in Google. So if you can write a great description and connect their want or desire with what they need and have them click through your site to get that uh, solution, then, then that's going to help you, even if you're not in the number one position. And of course, whether it's Google, social media, or even links from another site, the headlines you use in your posts are incredibly important too. So we talked about the description of your posts, but the title of your post and the headlines you use in social media, incredibly important because they also tell the visitor sometimes more than the description, but it also piques curiosity too. And it's also what is typically the most highlighted when it's posted or shown on the search results page. Um, it, it shows them what they're about to, to get into. And it's almost subconscious sometimes what they click on based on what that headline is. It's a very, it's very much an art form, actually, writing good headlines. And I'm actually planning to get an expert here on the podcast soon, a copywriter who will be going over how to write great headlines and sales pages. Um, but, you know, I, I do want to spend a lot of time on the headlines because that's incredibly important. But before people read your articles, before people see what you're about, or even land on your page, they are looking at your headlines. So stay tuned for that episode. It's gonna come in the next, uh, um, I, I don't know exactly when it's gonna be posted, but it's very soon. That interview hasn't happened yet, but it's happening in a couple of weeks. That alone could be an hour-long podcast just talking about headlines, but we'll try to cover a lot of topics involving you know in and around copywriting. So that's a lot of information about the moment before they get to your site, understanding where they're coming from, what they expect, and how you can better help them understand that even before they get to your site, that your site is a place to be. Now, the next moment is the moment they land on your site. And I've talked about this and I've drilled this in your heads, you know, episodes and episodes in the past. What is their first seven seconds like when they come on your site? Because, in, in the numbers vary, but it's, it's definitely under 10 seconds and it's probably less than seven seconds. But you have typically about seven seconds to share and show somebody, a brand new visitor on your site, that that is the place to be. And it goes a little bit with what they expect and where they're coming from. But there's a lot of other factors involved too that can enhance or de-enhance, I guess you could say, their initial seven-second experience. And if they don't have a good experience, well, they're out they're gone, they're leaving. It's really easy to click on that X or find another site or click on that back button. So there's things like the speed of your site. The speed of your site is incredibly important. And I just, gosh, I can't remember where I read this article, but it was a, it was an article on conversion rates and it was based on, I think it was through lead pages actually. Uh, it was based on just the only difference was the speed of, of a page. Yeah, it was that's what it was. It was a landing page, the split testing, A, B testing, and version A just had one speed, version B had a faster speed, and everything else was the same, and the the version that was much faster converted, I think, 12% higher. So the speed of the page matters, um, and it also matters for search engine optimization as well. But then there's also things like uh, you know, the personality of the site, how welcoming is it? How difficult is it to move around? If there's anything that's stopping that flow from where they came from to getting further and deeper into your site the moment they land on your page, I mean, they're gone. So you really have to max expectation and deliver for them and show them again, hey, brand new visitor, welcome to the site. This is what you're going to find here. This is what's here for you. And you need to make that obvious based on how you design and lay out your page, what kind of articles are there, what's being highlighted, what your most popular posts are, or anything that you highlight in your widget. That's all stuff that people scan right away. And that's all stuff that is either going to help them decide to stay or decide to leave. Now another thing is, okay, what are their first steps? What's that first step you want them to take? And a quick story. And I encourage everybody to do this. Actually, I I often reach out to my email subscribers. I'll I'll grab a random segment of twenty, and I'll email them, "Hey, thank you again for being a subscriber." And I, it's funny because I have to like really show them that I'm sending them a real email, not not just a canned email. But I but I send them a personal email, and um, I'll say something like, "Hey, what you know? Thank you so much for being a subscriber." I want you to be honest with me. This is to help the brand and to help you and everybody else. Be honest with me. What was your first impression when you came on my site? Or, you know, I ask questions like that or I ask questions like, what could I do to improve? Or what are some of the challenges you've been having on the blog lately? Because again, this is all just so I can tap into my users' heads so I can understand how to better serve all of you. But one time I asked the question, well, what was your first experience like landing on my site? And so many people, I would say about, 85% of the people I emailed who I asked that question to responded with, you know, I didn't have a great experience. It was very overwhelming. I didn't know what your site was about. There was, you know, hundreds of articles. I didn't even know where to start. I didn't know where to start, and it was overwhelming. That was the major consensus from that sort of random survey I did with 20 subscribers back. This was years ago. And that's what led me to creating my Getting Started page. Now, if you go to my site now, at smartpassiveincome.com, that you'll see my primary primary call to action that I want people to take when they arrive on my homepage is to go to my getting started page. It's like, hey, welcome to my site. If you're new here, click here to get started and understand what the site is about and what it can do for you and also what your first steps are. And uh, the other side of that is if they land on a post, not the homepage, but on a post, Of course, I keep as many distractions as I can out, and I want them to read down the post. That's my primary motive when people come and read a blog post. That's why I've recently been adding a lot of images at the top of my posts, because that's where I want people to look. People look at where there are images, especially nice-looking images, so I spend a little bit of extra time creating those banners and images for each individual blog post and podcast episode so that... That's where their eye goes and they can read down the page and get to the, at the end of those articles, which I'll talk about in a sec, uh, where they can then go to the getting started page or then subscribe to my email list. I don't ask them to do that stuff first if they are going to a blog post. But yeah, that getting started page, I mean, if you don't have a getting started page, it's it's just as important as having a resource page. You know, my resource page is the most profitable page on the site. It's a completely non-aggressive way to make sales of your own products, of affiliate products, of books, or anything that might help your audience. It's completely necessary. And if you don't have a resources page, you're you are missing out. Um, and, and you're not doing enough to help your audience because it is a completely valuable thing for them to see one particular, particular page that has all of the best stuff on it that's going to help them so that's that's the most important page to have but another important page to have is your getting started page because a lot of people are going to be overwhelmed and are going to want to know what to do first and if you can help guide them through that page and even if they just click on that page to read it that's already they've taken some sort of action on your page which is training them to take even more down the road so that getting started page is really important and it is also it, is, it has also become one of the top earning pages on my site as well because at the end of that, I either say subscribe to my email list, which of course leads them indirectly into um, promotions and, and things like that. Uh, but then even at the end of that uh, getting started page, there's, hey, if you want to get started right now, here are your first steps. Here's a video showing you how to go through Bluehost and start your website. And of course, that's an affiliate link that I get a commission for if people use my link. So there are a lot of opportunities there to to better serve your audience, both through a resource page, but for the beginners and people landing on your site for the first time, a getting started page. And I recommend that you check out my getting started page if you want to see how it's formatted and sort of how I welcome new visitors to the site. A couple of resources for you that have been really helpful for me for helping me to understand what's going on when people come to my site. One of them is called Crazy Egg. If you go to smartpassiveincome.com slash crazyegg, that's my affiliate link for that amazing analytical tool that will actually give you heat maps and confetti maps, which means it just shows you exactly where people are clicking and where people are looking on your site. When I did a redesign for the Smart Passive Income blog, I tried to address that overwhelm that uh, I talked about earlier when I asked people by getting rid of a lot of the tabs at the top of my page, one of those tabs being the podcast tab. I decided to put the podcast tab on the resource page and just have it focused on just the Getting Started page, the resource page, and a contact form, and that's it. Well, I found out through Crazy Egg and also looking through Google Analytics that uh, people were having trouble trying to or people were having trouble getting to my podcast. And when I went to my Libsyn data to see how many people were downloading my podcast after the redesign, it actually cut the downloads in half. Um, and we're talking like, you know, five figures of downloads. So it was very significant. And that told me, and also looking at Crazy Egg, it told me to put those things back. And what people were, actually a lot, of, a lot of interesting things Crazy Egg told me. There was a lot of things in the new design that I didn't realize look like buttons or look like clickable items that were not clickable. And so I actually went into Crazy Egg. And you know what you do is you set up a test, you create different pages, and you put tracking codes on each of those pages, and Crazy Egg will show you what people are clicking on. And I saw that uh, a lot of people were clicking on things that were not buttons. So they were just clicking on nothing. And so you know, I realized that I had to make some changes, and so we did. Another tool I want to share with you is one I used in the past. I haven't used it lately, but it had it did provide a lot of information to me, and that is ClickTale. That's com, And what that does is it actually allows you to view how a user goes through your site as if you were watching their screens because that's exactly what you'd be doing. Um, it's not real time. It sort of records it for you. Um, And you can see where their mouse goes and what they scroll up and scroll down to. It's pretty ninja. It's done anonymously, I believe, um, or I'm hoping. But uh, you'd be able to see visitors on your site and how, like, exactly how they're going through your site and what they're looking at. And also, again, what they're clicking on. That's how I knew. I actually ran a test using ClickTail on my income reports. I noticed that when people, when most people would open my income reports, they wouldn't read at the top of the article they would scroll all the way down to where I reveal how much I've made the previous month and then they scroll back up and start to read so every like almost everybody who I recorded who went or when I was running a test on my income report that month uh, everybody scrolled down to my income and then went back up to the top and then started reading so it was very interesting but it did tell me a lot and also showed me that, you know, that was a very important part of the, of the income report, which is why you also see it at the top of my page now as well. Now, let's move on. We've talked about the moment right before brand new visitors get to your site. We talked about the moment they land on your site for the first time. Now, let's talk about keeping them going through your site. How to, keep, how to keep them going through your site because it's one thing to get them to your site. It's another thing to help them move around. And again, like I mentioned earlier, if you can't make it easy for them to move around or if you don't give them motivation or incentive for them to move around, they're going to leave. And that's when you start to see really high percentages in your bounce rate. When people come to your site, don't do much or aren't feeling it and they leave right away. That's a high bounce rate um, you know, scenario you want a low bounce rate, which means people come to your site, again, not just your homepage, but any page. And they click around, they look around and they do some things. And so the first thing you have to think about is how can people navigate through your site on the specific pages that they're on. So your homepage, of course, you want to show them what it is that you're primarily wanting them to do. And again, for me, it is to get to my getting started page. But there are other things there that people can go to to get uh, an idea of what my brand is about and, and who I am, and see what projects I'm working on. And it's easily, you know, it's easy for people to find their way through it. The more confusing it is, and sometimes that means sometimes the more links there are to click around, um, the more images there are that are pulling people's eyes in this direction and that direction. Uh, the 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 more likely it is that they're going to not <laughs> keep going so there's a lot of things involved with navigation and I'm not going to talk too much about this um, but the biggest thing is you, you can't assume you can never assume you have to test and those tools I talked about earlier are going to help you crazy egg and clicktail and uh, you know my experience with that podcast page trying to reduce overwhelm um, and leading to a half the amount of downloads it just it just totally blew me away. And I, I had no idea that that many people were actually listening on the blog. I thought most people were listening through iTunes and through their devices. But um, without that negative experience, I wouldn't have known that. And so it did turn out to be good, but it just was something that was completely unexpected. And I didn't know until I looked at my analytics and started testing things. Another thing that's going to help people going through your site is is making sure that your content is formatted in a way for people to keep going because you know when people are reading on a screen it's uh, it can be difficult and if you imagine your blog post being just one giant essay with no paragraphs just sentence after sentence after sentence I mean that's tiring to the eye and it's not interesting and it's hard to scan people scan when they read our content online so a couple things you have to do one how is your font size how big is it you know, I forgot who said this. I think it was Derek Halpern, but it was, I think he said 16 is the new 14 or something like that. So we're sort of getting into a little bit of a, of a bigger font size because it's just easier to read that way. Now, of course, you want to, you know, you don't want like a 50 or 48 size font size. That's ridiculous. But there is a line there and you want to keep it easy on people's eyes and also understanding what devices they're on as well. Are they on a mobile device? What's that experience like? Are they able to, and do, is there motivation to keep going through your content on a, you know, what? what's that first impression like when they come to your site on a mobile device for the first time? Have you ever done that? Have you ever visited your site on a mobile device? What is that experience like? Is it a good experience? If not, then likely people are going to leave. And the interesting thing, and this comes from Greg Hickman from mobilemix.com, I mean, more and more people are visiting websites on mobile devices than uh, on other, you know, desktop or laptop, uh, you know, um, hardware. So it's just, you know, I, I, I encourage you to go to your analytics and see how many people are visiting through a mobile device. And if to ask yourself, am I actually serving my audience that is coming through these channels in the best way possible? And you can even see how many of them are new visitors. If new visitors, people who aren't a part of your brand already, are coming and that's the first experience. If it's a good one, great. You're likely to keep them around, even if they're on a mobile device. But if not, then you know they're never going to get to see what it's like on, your, on a desktop or a laptop because uh, they didn't have a good experience on their mobile device. So thinking about that is really important. Now going back to your actual blog posts, are you breaking up your posts into different sections? Meaning, are you taking your entire your entire article and chunking it up into sort of mini articles within that articles or, you know, sub-headlines within so I can easily scan through and see what parts I'm going through and it sort of helps me keep going. Uh, well, one thing that, or one trick I learned from Derek Halpern from SocialTriggers.com was it's always wise to Put a picture at the top of your article. And, and you'll see on his blog post that he typically puts a picture at the top right of his articles, or at least he used to do that. And his reasoning, and this was also mentioned by Chris Pearson, the founder of Thesis, um, that, you know, when you put an image on the upper right-hand corner of your post, it takes people far less words to go through to get further down the page. And that makes sense. Everything is squeezed over on the left-hand side of that image at the top of the up uh, at the top of your blog post. And uh you know, psychologically, when people start to scroll down the page or start to read further down a page, they're going to keep going. Another thing along the same lines is to, uh, you know, keep your paragraphs between one and two sentences only. That's it. I know it doesn't seem right. And, you know, if you were to ask your high school English teacher, if you can have every paragraph be a maximum of two sentences, uh, you'd probably get a bad grade. But we're not writing essays. We're not writing historical papers anymore, right? We're writing for people, and it's much easier to read in short paragraphs. So I encourage you to go to socialtriggers.com and even a lot of my articles as well, they do that. And you'll find that it's just much easier and faster to go down a page if they are broken up like that. So one to two sentences per paragraph and that's it. And also just think about, it, is there anything stopping them from continuing on? Is there something that might be distracting them You know, it could be a pop-up or an image or something as they're scrolling down. All those things are fighting for people's attention. And uh, the question is, where do you want people to have their attention put? Now, let's finish up here and talk about the moment that a brand new visitor reaches an endpoint. This could be the end of a blog post, for example, uh, the final image in a gallery type thing, or you know, the end of a certain process that you might have on your site. The key thing is you don't want to leave them hanging. You don't want to give your audience a reason to leave. You don't want to put a period at the end of this conversation that you've been having with a brand new visitor on your site because that is the moment people will start to think and say, hey, okay, I'm done here, let's move on. Think of a blog post as a conversation or any part of your page as a conversation. You know, when you when you hear two people talking, you know, and that one person just sort of ends their sentence without asking for feedback or doesn't expect an answer in return and it just kind of is that long, awkward pause, you know, you, you don't want that to happen. So don't end your posts so there's a long, awkward pause in the conversation. You know, to keep a conversation going, what do you do? You ask questions. You comment and you expect and you give permission to speak up and give their opinion you you get them to do something you have other options you just don't end your posts you should always be continuing the conversation and that translates online too you should always be giving people opportunities to keep going through your site you know you should go to your latest post that you've published on your site right now scroll to the bottom of the post and ask yourself how am i extending this conversation am i giving people an option to do something else or go deeper into my site you know what, what 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 are you doing if you're not if you're just saying okay this is the end of my post you're letting people leave are you asking them to comment or take some sort of action are there other ways to get similar or extended content of the same topic do you link to relevant posts or other parts of your site products perhaps or anything related to that blog post or article you know what else is there to offer related to that Maybe it's a free offer. Maybe, maybe it's an email subscription to get more of that sort, sort of content. You know, the call to actions. Is there, any way, is there any way to thank them, to confirm that they made the right decision from before so that they know to look for more and they'll be inclined to look for more? Have you offered a quick win, something that they can do and get an immediate result from? That immediately gets people hooked on you. Is there a way to get them to come back for more? Oftentimes, we'll ask people to subscribe, which is a great call to action, especially at the end of a blog post. But check this out. You ask them to subscribe. They sign up for your email list. But then what happens? Here's what happens when people sign up to your list. They sign up, and they're taken to a page that says, hey, you're you're getting an email from me soon, so please you know, check that email and click on the link to confirm your subscription. This is if you're doing a double opt-in. And they click on that link, and then they're taken to another page on your site that says, hey, thanks. That thank you page is an endpoint and that thank you page is the most underutilized page on the web you no know, whether it's subscribing to an email list or after purchasing a product or taking some sort of action that thank you page is an endpoint but it doesn't have to be it's just what we're used to right thanks goodbye no should be Thanks, here's more. Thanks, here's something awesome that could help you right now. Thanks, check this out in the meantime. What else could you be doing or offering on your thank you pages? When people subscribe to my newsletter, which you can do right now, if you go to ebooksthesmartway.com, you can get a free copy of my ebook and subscribe to my list at the same time. When you reach that thank you page, There's a part in there that says something like, hey, thank you so much again for subscribing. If you're ever interested in building an email list or giving away a free ebook, just like I did for you, here's a link to a helpful article that will go over step-by-step exactly how you can do that. And that links to my free email list newsletter creation tutorial, which you can find at com. That's a free guide. But yep, you guessed it. It also has affiliate links for my email service provider there. So automatically and indirectly through the process of getting people to sign up and having them land on this thank you page, I have the potential to make a new sale every time someone subscribes to my email list. Because again, of utilizing this thank you page and making sure it's not a dead end. You should take every process that any visitor who comes onto any page on your site goes through, subscribing to an email list, subscribing to an RSS feed, doing this, doing that. Where do they finally end up? And where is that period? If there is a period, if there is a dead end, that's a page for you to keep it going. 404 page is a dead end for a lot of people you know if if there's a bad link on your site or some other person linked to your site and it just you know the root domain was correct but the but the you know the post part of it was not then that's a 404 page and oftentimes that's a oh sorry goodbye but again that doesn't have to be a dead end that's why if you go to my 404 page it's sorry we you what you were looking for isn't here but here's some of my other stuff that might help you. Now, the last thing when it comes to an end point, the moment people reach an end. For example, the end of a blog post. Sometimes, especially if if, if you give people amazing, epic content, content that gives them results, they're going to want to pay you back in some sort of way. It's, it's the law of reciprocity. So you can ask them. You can ask ask for stuff at dead ends like the end of a blog post for example if you write if you wrote a totally amazing post you totally have permission to ask your audience to give back to you in the, in in, the, in it could take many shapes and different forms like please comment or leave your opinion or please click on the button below to share this article or here are some products relevant to this that will help you Here's a link to read another post, or maybe it's an affiliate link. There's so many things you can do, but you have to realize that if you've if you've poured your heart and soul and did a lot of research to put together an amazing post that's actually very very helpful for people, you have every right to ask for 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 stuff in return for that. And uh, it, like I said, it could take many shapes and forms, not just products, but in the form of sharing or anything like that. Now I did mention that the sort of last moment is the, the moment they reach an endpoint, but that is actually not the last moment that I want to talk about. There's a moment beyond that. So again, just to recap, we talked about the moment before people land on your site, the moment right before they get there. Then the moment they do land on your site, that first seven seconds and you know what it is that they do first. Then we talked about the moment they decide to keep going and the things that might be stopping them from going further into your page or to your website. And then we ended up with the moment they reach an end point, like a thank you page or the end of a blog post, for example. And the fact that you could do more and any dead end that people can come to, you should absolutely have them keep going. But there's one thing beyond that that I want to leave you with. And this is sort of my favorite stuff about doing online marketing and what I love the most. It's the moment that you follow up with your audience, that you do something that is unexpected for your audience. Because these are moments that are not controlled by them, your brand new visitors. But these are moments that are controlled by you. So one thing I like to do is to surprise my audience. I like to give them stuff that they don't expect. Because that is how you make an impact. That's how you build raving fans. Those special moments. that They don't even have to be very big. You know, one thing I love to do is to go to different blogs that are blogs created by people who comment on my site. You know, they, may, they might be just starting out and they leave a comment on my site and they leave a link to their article that they've written or they've left their URL for their own blog and I'll go over there every once in a while. You know, I'll just pick them out and I'll go over there and I'll leave a comment of my own. I'll read their latest article and leave a comment of my own. Doesn't cost any money. It takes just a couple of minutes. Oftentimes I'll learn something amazing. And the impact of doing something like that just is incredible. Wow, you actually took the time to read my blog. Thank you. And you know, people aren't gonna forget that. So going out of your way, that's just one example. And I know that's a unique example for me because that is unexpected. But I think the purpose is to do something unexpected for your audience, for your subscribers. Sometimes I know we want to share everything that we're gonna do for them, but oftentimes it's kind of beneficial to hold some of that back so you can use the surprise factor in your marketing, in your growth, and in the authority that you're gaining with your audience. One thing I also like to do, and I mentioned this earlier, is to follow up with my audience, to make the processes even better on my site. And this really helps because, again, it's a way to surprise your audience. Wow, you're actually asking me for advice? That's cool. You're asking me to help improve the site. You actually care about your customers and your readers and subscribers. That's really cool. That's, that's what's going through their head. But also, I mean, I'm going to get feedback to help make my site better. Why wouldn't I want that? And finally, you know, one thing we could all do, probably a lot more, especially if you're selling products and you're having people pay for stuff, um, hopefully good stuff, is just at a seemingly random time, And it just takes a moment to say thank you. Seriously. Like I remember, I think it was like my first grade teacher. She said, her name was Miss Shannon. I actually didn't like her very much, but I do remember this quote. Um, I don't remember the quote exactly, but she said the, the two most powerful words in the English language were thank you. And, and I've just held on to that ever since. And, and I always do what I can to thank my audience. And if you can, for example, if you have a person who buys a product, three weeks later, send them an email. And it just says, hey, how are you? Thank you again for being customer. That's it. Like, how awesome is that? It's so small and it's like... You know, it reminds me of the story that I always tell, but it's like you know, it's the small things in relationships that really make a big difference. If you do the same thing over and over again in a relationship, it just loses the wow. It just loses the wow factor because it's expected. But it's that it's that random Tuesday that you visit your significant other's office and you just drop off a pot of flowers and a note and just says, "I love you," or "You're awesome," or "Keep going," you're you'll you'll have dinner ready for you at home or something whatever you know on a completely random tuesday or any day of the week obviously but you know just those unexpected things that's what gets people to feel very special and so any chance you have to do something unexpected for your audience even if it's just for one person um, it could really make a big difference and um, you know that helps change the culture of your brand and how people feel about it and uh, hopefully i've done a good job of doing things like that for you with a lot of the things that are hopefully unexpected like the new iphone application you know completely free spent a few thousand dollars to put that together for you to make it easier for you to consume spi and ask Pat content and i hope i really do hope that you'll check it out again that's at smartpassiveincome.com slash app And uh, the Android version, like I said earlier, will be created. And once again, to sort of demonstrate uh, some of what I just said there at the end, I just want to thank you. You're awesome. I wouldn't be here without you. I know that. So I'm going to do whatever I can in my power to keep giving back to you. And um, if you wanted to take one minute of your day to give back to me, just head on over to iTunes if you can and leave a review for the podcast. That's it. I read them all. They, they help keep me going and they fuel me for uh, doing this more. So I appreciate you. Thank you again. Make sure to head on over to smartpassiveincome.com slash app to get the iPhone application and see what that experience is like. Um, and of course, reviews and, and for that are cool too. But uh, the show notes for this episode, if you want links to everything, are at smartpassiveincome.com slash session111. And uh, I'll see you in the next episode, 112. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Smart Passive Income Podcast at www.smartpassiveincome.com. So, podcasting is obviously a big deal here at SPI, and today, slash flops. I hope you enjoy it.